Songs are amazing things. They allow us to raise our voices in pain, in passion, in praise, and in protest. I'm very proud to live in a country that guarantees every citizen, including artists, the right to sing and to say what we believe. Tonight, we're here to celebrate those artists nominated for Best Song. Over the years, the nominees have been as varied as the notes on the scale. From Harold Arlen to Eminem, from Irving Berlin to Bono, songwriters from all backgrounds and styles have made it to the magic night. And tonight is no exception. To refresh your memory, here are the five nominations for the best original song. Hello there, all you melomaniacs, and welcome to Spro and Lee Take on the Academy, the best and most esteemed podcast for Academy Award do-overs. My name is Lee. And I am Spro, and our destiny is to rewrite Oscar history one gold man at a time. If you're listening right now, you join us on a red-letter day for Saltota because this is the first time Lee and I are recording audio in the same room. This is exactly what I wanted, and the reason that we're here is... Because you, Spro, and you, our guest today, came up with an idea. Whose idea was it? It was it was his. It was upstairs. It was the guest's. What just... are we talking about? <laughs> that, that's a loaded question. We're Whose here, idea was it? You got to be more specific. Was it 2017? Were you talking about the birth of the podcast? I'm assuming thing? you're talking about Second Chance Cinema. <laughs> I'm but talking about it. Yeah, probably around 2017. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. And for two years, it was pre-pandemic. It was like two years I had no idea that you had a podcast. And then you just casually threw it out in conversation. I was like, are you serious? And you were like, yeah, it's with MC. And way led to way, and here we are. Started a side podcast with you. You guys have the Mount Rushmore podcast. And man, I moved back to Ohio. Life is good. So... That's a long way of saying that we're welcoming MC. What's up? Someone who I've known for 30 plus years. I would say that's probably about right. We're in our early 40s. We met in like... Early 90s. Fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, it's like fourth grade. Third grade. Third grade. Yeah, that's a, yeah, third grade. Here's so a... I don't, I'm not, I'm not good with... <laughs> you would think that by now I'd be good with like what age I was and what grade, but no fucking clue. Uh, so we'll say 30 plus years, yeah. Third grade was eight. So you're yeah, good it's at it. like, what is it? Well, that's my students. <laughs> It's the age minus five, right? That's the... Oh, yeah, that would be a good way to remember it. I think. Holy shit. Something, something like that. <laughs> well, there you the go. The age plus five. Or the grade plus five. The Well, I said the age minus... That doesn't make sense. So, yeah, by that logic, I would have been negative two in third grade. It's got to be the age plus five. That okay, sounds right. The that. grade plus five. Grade plus five. <laughs> you math nerds. <laughs> We have some stock questions for you, MC. All right. Okay. I love those. Do you ever subject yourself to the Academy Awards? No. I mean, I have a question too, which is why am I here? Like, and I ask that every time, but I don't quite know what I bring to these discussions other than the contrary perspective, which I guess is important. And I appreciate being able to be the, the devil's advocate or whatever. But no, I don't watch. I wouldn't say it's a very contrary opinion because what we've uncovered here with Spro and Lee Take on the Academy is that the Academy Awards are very subjective and everybody voting on them either has some stake in the game or not so much. So if it's all subjective and if it's all opinion based, then the fact that, you know, you being kind of an outsider who does not really like what the Academy Award stands for, your opinion is just as important, really, as the people that feel like they're highfalutin and <laughs> and um, know what the best movie is day in and day out. Well, Spro, if there's one thing I've never considered myself, it's highfalutin. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh, I mean, it's really, it's not just the Academy Awards. It's, it's awards in general kind of bug me only because it's like, it's just a very masturbatory thing for all of these celebrities, whether it's in music or m movies or Broadway, whatever, to get together in a room and 
clap for each other. And I say that the same way I, I, I talk about it like it, at a company, you know, where they have banquets and, you know, let's bring up the guy who sold the most paper or whatever and give him a little engraved acrylic. I don't dislike awards, of course. I appreciate very much that some people like that that drives them. I pre- And I, I respect that and I appreciate that. It just seems like with something like this, isn't it enough to just enjoy the movie? Mm. Yes. Shut it down. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that case. But in the same instance, I think with the awards of the Academy Awards, there's a lot of films that you would never hear about because they do not have the publicity that everything else does. So you would only hear about the, the Disney's and the Marvel's and everything. Nowadays, we're finding that the Academy Awards, I love the Academy Awards. And anybody that listens knows that, you know, this is kind of my baby because... Lee did not watch them. You don't watch yeah, oh, them. Oh, 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 oh. You did not watch them for like 20 years. Like you like shut them off. You're like, I'm not, I'm done with them. Not now. for 20 years. When was the last time that you watched them? It was like to the, uh, the last time I remember sitting down and having a get together was uh, 12 Years a Slave. I think that was the same year that uh, you looking to see if you have it. I have it. <laughs> you do have it because I digitized it Is that it like today. 20, it was like 2016? Maybe. Yeah. I mean like you, when was the yeah, last time I you stopped. liked the Academy Awards? 2016. Oh, really? With yeah, 12 yeah. Years a Slave? By that, yeah. Racist. Yeah. See, I guess, I guess oh. you could, wow, that just clicked in my head what you just said. But, <laughs> See, you could. I suppose you could. You could call me a hypocrite because I love sports. You're a hypocrite for the most because part. You love sports. Well, but like the award, which would be the win, the victory, or whatever in a, in a sports game, is based on something that like happens tangibly in front of you, and you are invested emotionally, and then it's that payoff at the end, or that devastating heartbreak at the end that makes that whole experience of watching a game visceral and impassioned. Real. And just, yeah, real. And with movies, like, you get that feeling. Like, I've watched Maverick probably, like, four times in the past week and have been, like... The Mel Gibson movie? Yeah. No, Top oh. Gun Maverick, oh. like, four times in the past I week I genuinely or so. was not kidding. <laughs> I thought you were talking. And each time that movie has been, like, it's hit me emotionally just because it's awesome and, and you know, a ton of different reasons. So my journey with that movie, like, I'm cool stopping at the end credits. I don't need to be reminded how awesome it was because of somebody's performance or because somebody says it's the best movie. It's meat on top of meat. I don't know. I like movies. I like movies that make me feel good or make me feel something really it just seems like the awards are it just seems unnecessary (laughs) you know like these people are making millions and millions of dollars they're they're looking for recognition i suppose from their peers which i get which is that's fair but the spectacle of it i think is what just turns me away from it if it was some like genuinely earnest let's all get together and and really pat each other on the back for the sake of our craft that we've worked for years to perfect instead of making it about the show then i might be a little bit more interested but right now i mean the movies and the the awards are kind of like second or third tier to who's going to get slapped this year <laughs> actually i 100% agree with you because my biggest problem with the awards is they're becoming about the awards and not necessarily what they're awarding. I think that's, that's what like, I mean. I think that's the more concise way to say it. Yeah. So it's like the the politics are getting involved in like having to put money into it and having to campaign the process. And well, we're going to give this award to this person because we failed to give it to them, this person at this point of their lives. I think you can sum up my cynicism with the fact that there's an EGOT, which is an award for somebody who's gotten all the awards. <laughs> Um, well, the top four. There's a there's a Pigot if you add the Pulitzer. Does anybody have or that? The Peabody? Yes. Is it the Pulitzer or the Peabody? I think it's the Pulitzer. Okay. I mean, the fact, and I think that's it. The fact that, <laughs> like, it can be summed up in the fact that there's an award for getting the most awards. And <laughs> No, that, it's not an award. It's just, like, people call uh, them. Well, that. but it's a thing. We've entered a world now where, like, we're making up records so that we could talk about the person breaking them. You know, like, every time you watch a game... They're like, the last person that's done that is this person from... And it's like, 
oh my gosh. And it's getting to be like super specific of like what they're breaking. Like the person going for it probably didn't even recognize the fact that he was about to break a record. But in the same instance, while we were researching this topic, this is my least favorite award of the Academy Awards. We haven't even I, mentioned what we're doing today. Well, they click the title. They kind of know where to go. Uh, um, you're right. You're right. <clears throat> when it comes down to the Academy Awards and how much I love it, as we sit here to talk about the best original song, this doesn't have to be an award. Like the research for this was kind of you're sitting there being like, this should really be an honorary Oscar. If they make a really good song for a movie, then recognize it. But I feel like across the board as we're like listening to these songs, they're kind of like, well, there was a song in a movie. That's strong. You would pull this completely. Completely. Like even after all of your even after all of your research. Yes. A little peek behind the curtain. There is a Google Doc that we all shared and we all went through and kind of put either very strong feelings. I think there was five classifications. One was considering, one was pretty good. And then there's like, I agree completely with the award. And then there is also, I do not understand why this was awarded at all. Filling that thing out was like taking the fucking SAT. Like, like that you. was that was a heavy lift. But I have like the most of things that I would like, yeah, glue. I mean, we're going all the way back to 1937 and there's nine that I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I agree with this. I'm not going to blow it, but there's only one song on that entire list that I'm like genuinely passionate about, like in real life, not just <laughs> like for this podcast. The rest of them are all just like, eh. It's low. You said you had some stock questions. Are there more? (laughs) (laughs) Or is that it? That was like 45 minutes ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So my next question was, have you ever daydreamed of winning an Oscar? I think we can all infer an answer to that. Oh, what would I win an Oscar for? I asked the question because I think both of us have thought about it. Oh, yeah. I always think about it. More recently, you than me. I would, uh, Best Actor was one that I wanted when I was like, I'm in middle school play. (laughs) You never fantasize about winning an Oscar? Not specifically. I mean, what do you daydream about? I don't know, man. Making action figures. Um, I usually hear songs in my head all day long, which is appropriate for this episode, I suppose. I try to think of stuff that I've never thought of before. I feel like that's the only way to keep moving forward. I don't know that I have many daydreams in terms of like a situation I would like to be in or something like that. I dream about having a pet raccoon. I'll say that. You've had a pet raccoon? No, I've had a covenant of raccoons that have lived on my various properties for summers and seasons and I say having a pet raccoon sort of in jest but also like it would be awesome because I love raccoons I think they're awesome but I daydream about a world that is not this one and I don't know if that means a better version of this world or somewhere else completely (laughs) any other stock questions um, I was like knock on the ass but probably Top Gun Maverick is the last movie that knocked you on your ass in a good way or a bad way because I have one for no, each. either. Anything that affected you deeply. So the, the movie that knocked me on my ass in a good way was called Fantastic Planet. You guys ever heard of that? Yeah, like French movie? 1973 French animated, animated movie Yeah, that I stumbled across. Beautiful movie, like visually beautiful. It was, I read that it was all done with colored pencils, which was interesting. But it was basically about a planet where there were two races. There were the drags i think um they were like the big tall blue aliens for lack of a better word and then there were the ohms which were humans and the ohms were treated like animals on the drag planet so it starts with this one drag girl catching an ohm and keeping it as a pet and all that kind of stuff and you go through a couple like days in the life and it's revealed that the aliens learn things by tacking this headset onto them and it beams information into their brains and stuff like that. And so by being in proximity, the ohm, the pet, the girl starts learning things about their race. And then it becomes this whole story of them fighting back, the blue aliens trying to keep down the revolt. 
But at the end, it's not one side wins, one side loses. They kind of come to a compromise where the ohms, the humans go up to one of the planet's moons and they live there and they're like, this is cool. There's another moon and the blue aliens stay on the planet and use that moon for their meditation. It's like they're where they when they go out of body, they go to this like nirvana state and they use that planet for that. So it's like they figured out a solution was was what I took away from it. And I was like, there are not many movies where like, you know, it's usually one side. I mean, in Top Gun, it's like, yeah, we bombed that country that was probably Russia and blew up the uranium plant and we won. There are valid points here on both sides. Both civilizations are just trying to live, just trying to survive and thrive. And they worked it out. And like I said, the art was awesome. I was stoned as hell. And I just took away a really good experience from it. That was my good one. My bad one was the movie Megan. If you should feel alone Or that your world has come apart Just reach out and you'll see A friend is never very far Tell me your dreams I will dream them too I'm so glad I finally <laughs> which stylized it's like M3GAN and my god it was last week lazy sunday my wife was like you want to watch a spooky movie it's starting to get fall halloween sure we picked that one randomly and i tell you i have never predicted every single beat in a movie before from the beginning it's child's play the movie's child's play it's about an android mm -hmm. doll that comes to life and of course starts killing people well, and I would say don't watch that because the dog. Well, oh, yeah. So that was the first thing, too. As soon as the dog shows up and becomes a nuisance to the neighbor, I paused it and I said, I have to look this up on Does the Dog Die? And sure enough, they're like, yeah, 36 minutes. So right away, I knew as soon as that dog came in, I was like, the dog is going to be the first thing she kills. And sure enough, from there, it was like, oh, I bet she's going to kill. The, the kid in the woods was kind of a, a little bit of a curveball, but only because he wasn't in the movie the whole time. It was sweet when she ripped his ear off. That was pretty funny. But the jerk boss, the nosy neighbor, it was just like, and then at the end, it was like, hey, you know, I bet that the doll's going to go after the, the woman, and I bet the girl's going to save the, the woman by stabbing the doll in the brain or something like that. And sure enough. And then at the end, the very end, like the mid credits or whatever, oh, I bet the doll's not dead and then what happens her alexa thing turns on and like goes to the camera and is like Zzz. so it was just like that was the dumbest fucking movie i've seen in a long time chekhov's pistol or whatever yeah and there's a lot of when i mean there's like introduces the, the mac yep Oh, the big robot. Yeah. And my whole thing was like, why didn't she try to make those and sell them? Those were fucking awesome. I would have bought one of those. I don't want this creepy doll. Like, it was just a, I don't know, just a train wreck. All right. So this episode was originally going to be another best in the world, but Spro and I, uh, I don't know, feels more fun since we're all back together to do something like best original song. And this was a Spro recommendation that we go through all of the best original songs. So that's what we did in research. We're not going to talk about every single one. Um, that would be God. terribly boring. <laughs> we could. We could rip through them because most of them for, for I think all three of us were no thank you. Nor are we going to take an Oscar away, even though I think it would be 100% possible. Instead, we're just going to give our worst best original songs and our <laughs> best best original songs. But... Before we do that, we need to have Spro share an Oscar fun fact brought to you by Odd Dog Coffee, Cleveland's best and most esteemed mobile coffee cafe. How do you take your coffee? Sugar, milk, ice, yeah. For some of us, coffee is more than just a pick-me-up. For some of us, coffee is as important as who should have won Best Actor of 2022. We take our coffee seriously. We're passionate, eccentric, and a little odd. And for us, there's Odd Dog. Odd Dog Coffee is a mobile cafe and coffee retailer from Cleveland, Ohio. They offer committed coffee drinkers a reimagined version of flavored coffee. They promise you a high quality roast profile to create a solid bean. 
when they flavor their beans, they don't spray them down with cheap, stale chemicals. No, no. No, they use fresh ingredients like cacao nibs, cayenne pepper, and cinnamon sticks. What you experience is a balanced bean combined with a touch of spice to create a uniquely delicious cup of coffee you can drink every day. Head over to odddogcoffee.com where you can choose from three original roasts, cardamom and clove spike, the good boy blend of just the beans, and finally, my favorite, cinnamon, cayenne, and cacao. And if you're in the Cleveland area, check out their online menu at odddogcoffee.com and visit them at the Walter Stinson Community Park in University Heights, Ohio. Like film nerds, Odd Dog is at home with its dedication. Comfortable in its uniqueness, cozily familiar, yet distinctly odd. The movies we watch are too special to be normal, and the coffee you drink is too precious to be anything but odd dog best original song is an award given to the songwriters who wrote a song specifically for a film as we get into our conversation today there are a lot on this list that i was surprised to learn were written for a film and then there were those that were so steeped into the plot of the film they felt like well hot garbage the songs that received the nomination are usually performed at the awards and the artists are usually a draw the academy awards tries to make for people to tune in i personally think these performances are part of the trick to get viewers into the award show much like the grammys have devolved into just awarding mainly the popular music songs seem to get nominated sometimes based on who would come and sing them i'm looking at you billy eilish and no time to die which fucking won i don't get it I get it. You Eilish fans, I get it. You love her, but that song should not touch gold. Anywho, Billy did get the award because she and her brother Phineas O'Connell wrote the music and lyrics. If a person is just recording the song, they get none of the award. The songs are nominated by the songwriters and composers of the Academy, and then the whole of the Academy votes for the winner, as with all other awards. First introduced at the 7th Academy Awards in 1934, it was Con Conrad and Herb Magnuson winning for The Continental, used in the film The Gay Divorcee. You know the words? Did you listen to the gay divorcee? No. <laughs> you didn't listen to the Continental, really? I God damn it! MC. I will be honest. I didn't do this list. That that <laughs> that spreadsheet. You can, you need to somehow like link that spreadsheet on Instagram or something because it was when I say it was like filling out the SAT. It was it was, it was marvelous, it was but it was so intimidating that I was just I just had to go for the basic low rung and just make my picks. We I are hearing listen. this a lot from our guests that we we're still happy to have you. <laughs> we're doing like I no, work. I appreciate the thought that went into it and your little comments in the box. Boxes that were so long that you had to make them like size four five. Oh, I did that. Or that, did yeah. that. Okay, whoever the was, got, knew you did that. It was like twelve pages long. Whoever, whoever it was, like I appreciate that very much because that just shows like how passionate you guys are. And like I've said millions of times on here, I love that. But it was it was too, too intimidating for me to dive that deep. All right, back to the fact. Both lyrics and music have to be clearly heard in the movie and also not the final song of the credits. You can't hide it into the end like Los Balamos and Wild Wild West. Anybody? Los Balamos? Yes. Wild Wild West, like Will Smith? Yeah. Wiki. Wiki, wiki, wild. Wiki, wiki, wild. Yep. So Wild Wild West was the first song of the credits and then Los Balamos by Enrique Iglesias. Balamos? Yeah. Let the rhythm take control, Balamos? That yes, one? because I was cleaning movie theaters at the time, so I would always hear the second credit song, and that one was awesome. But this was like before. Was that nominated for. No, no. Oh. I'm just saying you can't hide where, like where a did really that good come? song. That was a very specific example. 100%. You used. <laughs> it's probably wrong, too. That was very specific. Um, it's probably wrong. <laughs> it, was, it was a Spanish song, though. All right. Um. Can't just sneak that one in the tail end there. Songs that rely on sampled or reworked material along with color versions, remixes, and parodies are also ineligible. So don't expect DJs to make too many appearances here. Also, you'll find musicals like Dreamgirls and Les Miserables will create songs not in the stage productions just simply to win an award 
There used to be no limit to how many songs were nominated. They once had 14 nominations in one category. The musical members of the Academy listened to all the songs, maybe, and gave them a number from 10 to 1. Any song with an 8.25 or higher received a nomination. So, yeah, there was 14 nominees, and sometimes there were none. That is more confusing than the point system of Rushmore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this got crazy. So they changed their rule after 2011 when only two songs were nominated. Man or Muppet from the Muppets. I am man or am I a Muppet? Am I a Muppet? And Real in Rio from Rio. Now the number of nominations depends on the number of submissions and whether there will be five, three, or none. But things get crazier because films would have multiple songs nominated like Dreamgirls and Beauty and the Beast with three nominations. Lion King too, so they capped it. A movie can only have two. Well, now studios play it smart and only submit one song because if they have two, they may split the vote. So that is why City of Stars goes up there for La La Land and not Another Day of Sun. And I know City of Stars won the award, but it really shouldn't have. But more to the now, Encanto submits Dos Orioguitos stupidly over We Don't Talk About Bruno, not knowing the latter was going to be a sensation. They lost the Oscar to No Time to Die. We Don't Talk About Bruno is like a catchy song. Like it's clearly the standout song from that movie. I thought it was like older sister song, which I can't remember. They were all good. But like that one is the one that there's just so many like spoofs of it. And it's like it's the popular one. And they submitted before they knew that. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, MC, another reason why you're going to hate the Oscars. Every single award is campaigned for. Well, I knew that. Okay. I mean, I knew that. It's. I know that. I didn't know. It um, begins with the submission. Every- yeah. And I get that. I just wondered, like, was it like a deadline thing? Like a time? Like, yes. hey, we got to get. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's why most of the award films come out in October, November, December, because it's very up close to when you have to submit, and then it's fresh in everybody's minds. See, that's another thing that I don't know what the solution would be, but it seems weird that movies throughout the year can't be considered. They all could be considered, oh, they, but they think that like if it comes out in March, you're going to forget about oh, it by the time. I see. Like, well, not know. if it's a good movie. Right. Like, that's shouldn't why... that be the movie that wins Best Picture? The one that comes out in fucking August? It happens. And... Yeah, and that's yeah. how uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once came, came out in the summer and had stayed okay. power. That movie was right. out for like a year, and then it won. Braveheart's another one that was like March. Okay, or... see, I'm learning. I learn. I, I love learning. So uh, that's, that's <laughs> But great. it is rare. You're right. It's mostly that, like, Oscar season flush. How pissed are you going to be if Billie Eilish wins Best Original Song for Barbie this year? See, I haven't Her seen Barbie second. I haven't seen it. We went to see it and it was sold out. Really? Like, the whole night showing you it was sold out. You could stream it on at home now. I'm yes. sure. I I mean, it was just... A, it, that's the it. first movie I think I've you ever would, gone to that it was sold out. You I, would I, like it. Oh, I would love I'm sure I'd love it. It sounds awesome. It's very sweet. I love Billie Eilish. Like, I love her musicality and everything. I, I, I did not that's... pick... I mean, we're going to kind of, like, just fade into our conversation. I did not like No Time to Die. I didn't think, like, the song was bad, but it's... No Time to Die had no place in that song. Like, suddenly she just throws the Bond title into it. And that was, like, most of my I think it's a very listening. forgettable song. I mean, Billie Eilish is all over the place. That song wasn't. Like, it came out and people were like, oh, my God, it's like the Sam Smith for Spectre. Like, it came out and people were like, oh, my gosh, Sam Smith did a Bond song. So it's all over the radio for, like, until people go, but it's not good. Way better. You think Writing on the Wall was better than No Time to Die? I've been here before. I can't stand Sam Smith, so that might just be a personal... You know, there's one, as I'm thinking about this, there's one glaring omission that makes this entire category a sham. Best original song, which means it's written for the movie. Uh Maybe it was nominated, but it sure as hell didn't win. Do you want to guess? Uh, Out of all the songs in history? (laughs) I mean, okay, I'll give you... you, um, It was the 80s. Commando. Nope. Um, (laughs) 
It's hard to give hints without giving it away. Good enough? N- 1984. Karate Kid? Nope. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That was up. Was that nominated? I do believe Ray Parker because, was nominated. Because, I mean, talk about like, like well, what won that year? Set me up with what won 84. that year. 84. We have the whole spreadsheet right Oh, now. I know. <laughs> I know. 84 was, it was like, I just called to say I love you and the woman in red. I just called to say I love you. Go fuck yourself. Come on. That's not a bad song, but the best <laughs> original great song. But a, but the be, that song that that's Lionel Richie, right? Yes. Okay. No, that, no, 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 no. That's Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. That's what I meant. That song has gone beyond the movie, whereas Ghostbusters totally. defines I, an original song. I get it, and it was nominated for original song. All right. Well, so that, was, then uh, I feel a little bit less angsty. Call. But Ghostbusters not being—I mean, that's like the—that's the template for an original song yes, for a movie. But it's like commercial music. I would rather listen. Not at to the Lee. time, though. Not at the time. I don't know where the Academy's head was in 1984, but all of the criteria that you guys are explaining for, like. You know, what genuinely should go into an award like this? We have not explained criteria. Well, I mean, in previous episodes. This is all subjective. Original song to me is conceptually original and provides a service to the movie that elevates it beyond any other movie that year. And Ghostbusters, I would vote for Ghostbusters today as the best original song in a movie ever. I kind of want to blend what we're talking about while the passion is high because you're talking about Ghostbusters and the theme of Ghostbusters. And the one thing that I disagreed with both of you on was 1971's theme from Shaft. You put green and you put yellow. Really? Look, it was not a great list of songs. Okay, looking at that list, looking at that whole entire list, that was probably like the antithesis of any but why playlist did you I've... pick Shaft? Because it was like one of the least smelly turds on that list. Really? I mean, that list, like I said, was not a playlist I would willingly put together. Fair right. enough. Fair so enough. Most, no, exactly of, most of those songs that I did pick with yellow or green were... <laughs> picked solely because I recognize them. But it's, and it's it's many years. Like, there's plenty of stuff on here that you could have picked. I think you picked Shaft. Yeah. For the same reason that I paused on it and I was like, maybe I should pick Shaft. It's one of those things where you look at it like a almost like a bet or an investment. Because if you have a an award that you give out, you want that to be the right pick. The theme from Shaft... What was it? 1971 yep. has uh, like that. That was a n- you know knocked out of the park in terms of longevity, in terms of recognizability. You go into any random room and say "shut your mouth" or whatever, and you reference it. Majority of generations are going to get that joke. I'm looking at it very literally. Best original song. That was an original song, and it was the best from the ones nominated that year. And it, it still remains somewhat relevant. So that's why I picked it. So you looked into each year, like, what the winning song beat out? Not each year, but, but sometimes some I got curious. I yeah. did not do that. Did you do that? No, no, no. I just, I, <laughs> I was literally like, like... You guys are a couple of phonies. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Lee wanted to make this super complicated and like break it down with decades and then like go into and watch each film and then be like what's the relevancy well, of yeah, this song because he you came up with the idea and i was like all right but we listen to the song but we don't see it in its context in the film and i think if you miss out on that i think that you miss out on something kind of i mean Sh- shaft for me was kind of like an impulse buy you know it was like oh i know that one it's cool good enough and the more i thought about it the more i was like oh that's you know, I don't have buyer's remorse for that. So I think, why did you hate it? Why did I hate Shaft? Yeah. So to me, and I guess it's kind of like what you were looking for was longevity. And, and no, I wasn't looking for that. I just think it, it gives credibility to the pick. Gotcha. I kind of, when I was listening for, at the songs, when I was listening to them, I was thinking of like, and this is why movies themselves are, and like the awarding of such is wholly subjective. What one person likes, the other person is not. We, we talk about it every season on Saltota is that like, why isn't comedy selected? Well, comedy is super subjective. Why isn't horror? Because people get scared of different things. 
what you like, Lee, I'm pointing to you as if the listeners can see it, are going to be completely different things. Like our favorite songs are probably completely different. My favorite song is a Don Hanley song from the Leaving Las Vegas soundtrack. So like when I'm listening to this, one, I have to like it. Like as soon as the song starts, I give it about a verse and a chorus before I start judging and go, what what is this? And when it comes to Shaft, Shaft would never make my playlist. I don't like that porn guitar. Whatever that is, that's porn guitar. <laughs> Right, like <laughs> I think you might have created a new genre here. <laughs> Type that into Spotify, see if there's a playlist. I don't ever want to hear you make that sound again? <laughs> but like at the top of the list, it's all red at the top of the list. Like for uh, "Not to Not to," "No Time to Die," "Fight for You" from the, the Judas. And not Pop, to so Not I... to. If it was best music video, definitely because right. that shit was awesome. But oh, you listen yeah. to the song and it's just "Not to Not to" over and over and over again. You know, like yeah, you're like boring. this is. Well, yeah. I mean, and again, like I don't know that. I mean. That song was not made for an American audience, I don't think. I mean, the reception for it overseas might be might be anthemic over there or right. something. But as a song in a video and part of the movie, yes, awesome. Just as a song, kind of didn't have the same effect. Okay, well, let's bust out our worst. What was your least favorite song, MC? Uh, My Heart Will Go On. Why? I don't disagree. You had it as yellow, Lee, and I was orange. Just... Probably the same reason that I hate Titanic because it was and and oddly enough I'm looking at your DVD shelf and as soon as I said it I zoned in on it it's right there but it was just force fed to us for so long. But isn't that what you're talking about with the theme of Shaft? Like it's no, the popularity. No, no because you, did, you didn't hear this theme of Shaft on the radio every night when you were listening to the countdown. It wasn't on MTV. It wasn't anywhere that we accessed media, you know, organically. Whereas that whole year, my heart will go on and fucking Titanic was just everywhere. Like, I almost dug my feet in just out of, like, rebellious principle. Like, everybody's going to see it. Fuck that. No, I'm not. And then I had to sit through it on a plane. And I was like, I was right the whole time. This movie sucks. And it... I don't know if I'm broken because I did not enjoy it, but the song itself, I will tell you, I love, and it's weird that I'm wearing their shirt, Newfound Glory has a fucking awesome cover, but the original version was just so oversaturated to the point where I just had to, like, no, couldn't do it. So that's probably, I don't remember some of the other ones I picked. Shallow was just kind of, like... Let's. I still want to talk about My Heart Will Go On Go because ahead. he was considering it. I definitely was. Do you disagree with anything? No. He's 100% right. I don't want to be around when that song is playing. And here's the thing. Like, Celine Dion, nothing against her. She is phenomenal. She is like... I can't she's think of the names an of asshole. I, oh, maybe? I don't know if she's Queen of the asshole. Oh, really? That's a bummer. Yes. But there were a lot of other songs during that whole... Yes. that Like, oh. the 90s and the TRL era that she had that I would rock the fuck out to. It's all coming back to yeah, me Yeah, that one. Uh, she had some bangers. I dated a girl. Good for you. <laughs> who made me slow dance with her to that song. You say I get hung up on the stupidest shit, but this is also going to bug the fuck out of you. I thought My Heart Will Go On was one of those ones that I was like, this has to be something that I go, yeah, this is a great one because it was everywhere. Except for the one lyric that goes, love is when I loved you. And I know you hate when like the same word is used in the <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that. <laughs> but that is the stupidest fucking lyric, I think. I almost wish there that there was a color like purple or blue or something for a song that didn't deserve to win because there was a better song from the movie that it was mm. in. Like Aladdin was on there, right? Friend like me. Most, mostly Disney movies. That's what. Yeah, and uh, Beauty and the Beast probably. That although that one that was the that's a good Tales song. Oldest Time but, one. Yeah, uh, but be, be our guest. But be yeah. our guest. The, the Lion King. The opening song of Beauty and the Beast. You had um, Colors of the Wind. No, Little Mermaid. I have Under the Sea. Yeah. Under the Sea. That was a good one. Part of Your World is the better, the better high art Academy Award song. (laughs) And my argument for that. I love having three dudes arguing about Disney. My argument for (laughs) that. It's a good idea. (laughs) I heard it was a podcast once. (laughs) There's one for the missing episode. Uh, you want part of your world because you want the serious song. And I like the fact that Under the Sea won because it was the fun song. <laughs> if you look past Under the Sea into the rest of the 90s, all of Disney, and Disney won a lot, all of the Disney songs that won were these big, serious, like, 
This is the theme of the film song. Under the Sea was the only one that was like, hey, this is some fun. I don't disagree I, with that. Yeah, I don't, but it doesn't the mean that the song them, like yeah, had any yeah, meaning yeah. whatsoever. It was yeah, just like, I'm the just, new I'm, played the flute, the car played the harp. Like, it's who gives a fuck? Keep going. <laughs> Do you know what else was and nominated? Oh, that blowfish blow. That was one year that I did look up and Kiss the Girl was also nominated for Best Original Song, which is awesome because that song is fun and cool and sexy and slightly rapey. No, not at all. Doesn't ask for consent at all. <laughs> I mean, none of these Disney songs that won are bad. They're just not, for some years, they're just not the best You know songs. what I put in my top five other than Little Mermaid Under the Sea was Colors of the Wind. I think Colors of the Wind is, of all the serious Disney songs, my favorite one. You think you own whatever land you land on. The earth is just a dead thing you can claim But I know every rock and tree and creature Has a life, has a spirit, has a name Think the only people who are people Are the people who look and think like you But if you walk the footsteps of a stranger You'll learn things you never knew, you never knew. The Phil Collins one, not bad. South Park should have won, but they took that defeat and turned it into chicken salad because they lampooned him pretty good for the next however many seasons. But that wasn't a bad one. All right, so across the board, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp was... Mm. I don't like <laughs> you know what? There's a serious lack of hip hop and rap and black artists winning Oscars. This is not a good representation of what that genre has to offer. I think we all agree it's a well, it's a bad rap song. It's a pretty sub song. I think the the chorus is catchy, but I think the the lyrics it's boring. There's nothing nothing like three white guys from the suburbs talking about rap music, am I right? Right. Yeah. I mean it's subjective. This would be a great segue to the only song that I actually have feelings about. Uh, but I don't want to do that. Okay. Because it's your show. The one thing that I really want to disagree with you on is Shallow, A Star Is Born. Okay. You put black. I'm with MC. This is, why? This song makes me cry. Her song at the end of Top Gun Maverick is really good. I don't even know it. I mean, because you were so just. You just made me disagree. Because your brain was just fried after the Austin missed the movie. You didn't stick around for it. But Shallow, like, it felt too gimmicky. By definition, it's kind of gimmicky because it's a remake of a remake of a remake. There's like four generations of it. Or retelling. Yeah. It was almost like um, because Bradley Cooper was a part of it and up until then he was strictly an actor, right? I mean, he, he did he direct A Star is Born? First okay. So it felt to me like a gimmick. Like it was like when like Bruce Willis released an album, you know, <laughs> like what's this guy doing singing? And it's not that he was bad. It's not that he didn't, you know, make a great song and was a good vocals and all that stuff. It's not that it was bad. I think it was just overshadowed by the fact of like this just doesn't feel right it's not a bad song not a not certainly not a terrible song i, I gave that one a, a black box yep. i don't know why i did that i mean i might change that to whatever the next one up is i don't know if you watched that academy awards but it was like one of the best original song performances bradley cooper and lady gaga sitting on the bench together just singing man she like, also sings her heart out i also couldn't get out of my head every time i would hear it the scene where he's like he rolls down the window he's like hey i won't take another look at you <laughs> like <laughs> I did always you, thought it would did be. Did you see that movie? Did uh, you watch it? Probably not the whole thing. Ugh, the no. ending. Well, I mean, I know how it ends. Yeah, but uh, but I always Gaga becomes a star. She's born. Yeah, I know. I get it. But he makes that sacrifice. No. Uh, I don't know. no. I cried listening to the song. Then the next time they are touring and they come to Cleveland, I will buy you a ticket because I know that that's that something you enjoy. That would actually be cool, sort of. <laughs> B-Coops, I'm not a huge fan of. I'm very happy for him and his directorial debut. Um, are you going to see Maestro? I don't know. 
That's that is a nice one? Yeah. Plays Leonard Bernstein. Huh. Yeah. All right. Starting all the way back from like the beginning, I got Baby It's Cold Outside. I know you have notes, but the original has, you know, the whole... Well, it's been pretty bastardized, <laughs> I would say, by pop culture. And and not without not without foundation for the argument. I mean, unless there's some... Unless you're about to drop some serious, like, knowledge about, like, no, here's what it was really about. No, well, the gonna... weird thing is, is, like, in the movie, the genders flip. And so, like, at first, that guy is super rapey. Don't like that word. Rapey? Thanks for saying it again. Um, and then, like halfway through the song, they go to a different couple. I really can't but stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you'd drop so me. very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like My I'm mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your My hurry? father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. really hot, better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Maybe just a little drink more. Put some records on while I pour. The neighbors might But think. baby, it's bad out. There. Say what's in this dream? No street. cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like stars to right break now. the spell. And it's the woman singing to the man, and the man's like, I, I need to get away from you. I need to get out of here. I and the, the woman best, is being very forward. The best part forward. about that song is that it was written by a couple who lived in New York. It was some sort of upper crust of society. But they wrote it when they would have dinner parties, and then they would perform it and be like, this is us asking you to leave. Asking them to leave? Doesn't, yes. they, doesn't they ask her to stay? Isn't that the whole gimmick of right, the song? The ceremony of it was like, hey, we're going to play the song, which means that we're ready for you guys to leave. Uh, yeah. It spread and became this little phenomenon and got to Hollywood. I suppose if one of my criteria is longevity, that song... That's kind of cute, right? That, that song, well, it's it remains relevant every season. And there's always a new take on it or a new spoof of it or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That song, it's a Christmas song. I, it, so it didn't strike me as anything special, I guess. Next up to talk about, I don't know if we have to so much, but Man or Muppet from the Muppets, did you listen to it? Don't know this song. I, I kind of don't acknowledge the 2010 post, and later. Post Muppets, Henson the Muppets. Post, yeah, the post Henson Muppets. <laughs> I don't acknowledge the Jason Even Siegel the, Muppets. It's still the Henson Muppets. It's just his son. No, they're owned by Disney now. Technically. Okay. Yeah. So the well, no. Disney actually, Muppets. I don't know. I was just at the Jim Henson Studios. The Henson Creature Shop is still a thing, but the Muppets, I'm pretty sure, got swallowed up by that bastard mouse. Maybe. But okay. So we don't talk about it. But then the next one. I know you like these movies. But nobody talks about Into the West. Nobody talks about Into the West. Did you know the Lord of the Rings had a... I don't even know what that... Is that the name of the movie or the song? The Lord of the Rings is the name of the trilogy. Yeah. And then there's a song where a woman sings with lyrics... There was music in those movies. I mean, there. Yeah, obviously there was an orchestra piece, MC, but that's the score. Do yes. not play. Nobody no, knows I into the West. No. That was a hey. That's we're my, giving you all our awards. Here's here's one. That's my number one. I've been trying to figure out how I was going to say this all day long. The Lord of the Rings movies came out two months and like a week after the September 11th attacks. At that time, we were so scared. I was so scared. And seeing the Lord of the Rings movies was this very clear definition of good and evil. It was just wonderful to escape into that movie. 
It was never spoiled for me. Obviously, it's based on an incredibly popular book. And at the end of that last film, the credits start rolling, and it's the sketches by John Howe and Alan Lee. And it's each character, and it's all in alphabetical order by the actor's last name. And it's these beautiful pictures, and that song is playing. And I just sat there in the theater being like, this is the end of something really important for me personally. And I think it was really for a lot of people in America. I remember my mother being like, after after JFK was killed, the whole world was, uh, you know, we were all lost. And then the Beatles came. <laughs> and I, I always felt like Lord of the Rings was our Beatles, or at least it was my Beatles, because it was just like, this is exactly what we needed. And that was Lord of the Rings. See, that kind of pitch would get me more interested in the Oscars. Because <laughs> I can relate to that. There are movies and songs that have points in your life where they imprint upon you in a way that you'll remember forever. All right. So your least favorite. I'm going to go with uh, Swinging on a Star from the film Going My Way. How would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. And be better off than you are Or would you rather be a mule? Which is a song about ambition, which is a human characteristic that I do not care for. I I am repelled by it. Did you say ambition? Ambition. You're repelled by ambition? Why? How? Why? What does that even mean? I don't know. I can't qualify it. Sorry. I am repelled by people who... Are ambitious. <laughs> Sounds bad when you say it like that, but... <laughs> like a greed? Sure. According to the lyrics, you should want to be swinging on a star and carrying moonbeams home in a jar. And like step over a bunch of people to get there? <laughs> Is that like the top of the corporate ladder for you? Is that what you're thinking? I read your notes and it was, it was I mean, like, because so he says, would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar and be better off than you are? Or would you rather be a mule? And then they go on to like, every single a animal mule is an animal with long, funny ears. Every up an single ears. animal is denigrated in this song. Yeah. Oh. Or would you rather be a pig? A pig is yeah. an animal with dirt on his face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. The rub lies within the verses, which warn that without ambition, you may end up like a mule, a pig, or a fish. They describe these animals as stupid, fat, lazy, illiterate. It just feels like these puritanical values. It's it's so transparent and irritating. I fucking hate this song. But it's catchy. <laughs> You're right. But also City of Stars, which I absolutely agree because I hate that song. But the other thing they put is We Belong Together by Toy Story 3. It's not by Toy Story. It's by or Randy Newman. Newman. Which it's funny when we talk about how Disney like knocked it out of the park all the time. And Pixar to me is just like Randy Newman across the board. And he irritates the shit out of me. Don't you tell me I'm not the one. Don't you tell me I ain't no fun Just tell me you love me like I love you You know you do He didn't win for Toy Story 1. This was like his gift. I, I don't know. There was a couple on here from him, wasn't there? Was if the I one from uh, Major League in there? Is that Burn On Big River? No, that's no. the Kai River. All right, let's get to our favorites. So, do you want to go first? Yeah. Oh, you already yeah, you gave well, that really you drew it out of me, all right. I loved it. That was a good speech. Thank you. Do you want to talk about your other ones? Another one of my favorites is Over the Rainbow. I think I thought I gave that one a, like a yellow. You didn't touch it. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I might have been exhausted you by that point. You went green above. Everybody knows this song. Mm -hmm. Either you've seen Wizard of Oz or you've heard the ukulele version from Bretta Is. Is that how you say his name? Bretta. I'm saying it as a very white man. <laughs> Uh, Over the Rainbow will turn 90 before any of us are 50. But I think it manages to ingratiate itself to each generation. No one doesn't know this song. Somewhere over the rainbow, 
I didn't get a chance to ask you, but I'm curious, what were the criteria that you used to choose these songs? And I felt as though I had to choose at least something that was from the golden age of Hollywood. And the more I hear this song, the more I love it. The more I learn about Judy Garland, the more I hear the absolute longing in her voice. Absolutely agree with Over the Rainbow. I think this is, it's one of those things where I was going down the list and going down the list and being like, "Mm, I'm not liking this. I don't know if I'm over inundating myself with these original songs and whatnot. So then I was like, skip to the bottom and go up. And then knowing the fact that when I got to Over the Rainbow, I was like, this is like the quintessential best original songs. And this is where I had the thought of because they strike out so much with this award, this should be an honorary Oscar. Because when the Over the Rainbows come along, they should be like, this needs a special mention, a special shout out at the awards because this song is gold worthy. Where most of these, I feel like they're just awarding them because, oh, we have this category. These people submitted it. Let's all vote on it and say which one we like the most out of these five. But fuck a duck. Spring from State Fair is nowhere close to Over the Rainbow. I don't disagree with any of that. Fuck a duck. (laughs) Maybe just give the awards when they are deserved rather than giving one every year because you have to give one every year. Or it's the Matt Damon approach and you wait 10 years and then you give the awards because when Wizard of Oz came out, no one gave a shit about it. But it grew in estimation. Well, that's what we are here, right? We're the hindsight Oscars. So we did Over the Rainbow. Kesara Sara is on here. Do you like that song? I'm aware of it. Okay. Kesara Sara. The one that surprised me out of the blue was The Windmills of Your Mind from the Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, it, feels like a Bond, it feels like a Bond song. Kind of. Like, I read your notes on that. It's just, it reminded me of, like, the Beatles drug era, right? Like, where they just are, like, throwing lyrics at you that I was like, I could listen and think about this song if you want something new to daydream about. Like a circle in a spiral Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning spinning wheel like a snowball down a mountain or a carnival balloon like a carousel that's turning running rings around the moon like a clock whose hands is sweeping past the minutes of its face and the world is like an apple whirling silently in space like the circle and that was from 1968 good era for music and the last one that i want to shout out is mainly for rudy's sake because he absolutely loves this movie now Fuck. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) No, fuck that guy. Kicking you off your own show. Fuck that guy. I don't even necessarily like Dirty Dancing. Is there any that you want to shout out? Sure. From Norma Ray, uh, which wasn't even on my radar. And I thank you, as usual. It Goes Like It Goes is a song that I never would have realized I loved if you hadn't suggested this episode. Ain't no miracle being born People doing it every day See, I like that when it comes to why songs or movies are great. That's a feeling right there. That's not like a little gold statue. That's that's real. Shut up. So (laughs) to recap, to recap, I think my favorite Oscar winning song is Shallow from A Star Is Born. Oh, shit. Yours is Into the West. And MC, we haven't gotten to your favorite song. Take us home. To me, there was only one song on this entire list that is not just 
one of the best Oscar songs, but one of the best songs I think of our lifetime, legitimately. Lose Yourself from 8 Mile. Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity, seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, did you capture like it or not that has become an anthem for our generation and who sings that again that would be eminem it's become like eye of the tiger i think for our generation and i'm sure i'm not the first one to make that comparison but we need a song like that and the fact that it was part of a movie that was well received part of a movie that i have a fond experience remembering seeing it came out i think it would have been my 20 yeah my 21st birthday and we went to go see that as part of like a hey let's go out and celebrate your birthday so fond memory there and like not a bad movie either and i think that when i saw that one because i kind of had forgotten that it won the award except then i remembered he raps about it sometimes and like shoving the statue up ja rule's ass or whatever so it clicked again think it's cool that it was a, a hip-hop song i think it's cool that at the time eminem was very anti-establishment and i mean we were all pricks in college so we were probably of that mindset too so it was like representation in some way it was just a non-traditional pick and it was one of those things where i forget what i compared it to before but it was like a bet that paid off because 20 years later you can put that song on before a sports game before like a campaign video whatever and it's just zero to 60. It was a unique case of like a transition from a singer musician to acting that actually worked and was serviceable at the very least. But again, it was also just, it was a cultural event. I mean, what were some of the other songs that were up that year? Burn It Blue and Frida. The Wild Thornberries movie, Father and Daughter, Gangs of New York, The Hands That Built America by Bono, and Chicago, the song that they created for that musical, I Move On. Easy pick for the fact that I believe genuinely it was the best song, definitely out of those. And also because, yeah, maybe that was the year that the Academy was like, hey, what if we do this? Do you think people will watch if we give it to Eminem? They didn't even perform that year. No, but he performed like two years ago, three years ago, and it was insane i just feel like it was a good pick that has withstood the test of time so if anybody is listening and they're taking notes and whatnot one of us recommends shallow one of us recommends into the west from the lord of the rings and one of us recommends lose yourself from eight mile and there are other ones that we could recommend listening to but all in all from 1934 to 2022 i can pretty much say that this award gets it wrong 70 percent of the time that's best original song. My least a favorite. My least a favorite. Least a favorite. Uh, <laughs> my least a favorite Academy Award. This was great, dude. MC, do you have anything to plug? I don't think I said the word transcendent at all. I remember driving over here thinking, I'm going to work that in. Then I'm going to say, shout out, Rudy. So there we go. I'll plug the Philly cheesesteak wrap from get-go. It was really good. Oh, my God. I don't know. With your coffee? <laughs> I had No, I always get that with a Coke Zero. But uh, MC and my co-host, Spro, have a great podcast called Second Chance Cinema. Where they oh, meet... like, wait, is that what you meant? I yeah. Thought, you always do <laughs> of that. course wait, that's what Don't you always I do that at the, at, like, the stinger at the end of the show? The pre-recorded... But no, the, the, the pre-recorded thing you put on the end of every show, doesn't that say, check out our other podcast? Mm. Oh, no, yeah, we, we don't, don't have oh. that. Well, in that case, yeah, check out uh, Second Chance Cinema at uh, secondchancecinema.podbean.com, also available on all your other podcast providers, and the Mount Rushmore podcast, which we just released season two. The podcast that my wife likes more than my own. So that is podrushmore.podbean.com, and you'll hear myself, Spro, Jeremy, Rudy, and just arguing like a bunch of stuck-up assholes who great think we know show. we're talking about. Great. What a great show. I try not to let it get to me. Yeah.
<laughs> I appreciate the opportunity, as always, to sit down with you guys more so than anything. I know that, well, I should say, I presume that there are listeners who disagree or, or think I'm stubborn or stuck up or douchebag because I, it's just kind of not my thing. And that's okay. I, I, I can appreciate that. But what I always do like to try and underscore and, and uh, reinforce is that this is a fun podcast to listen to, even though I could give a shit about the subject matter. And I appreciate being a guest. So for myself, MC, for your two hosts, Spro and Lee, this has been Spro and Lee Take on the Academy. We'll see you front row. Don't forget the popcorn. What is it? We'll see you front row when the envelopes are red. Lee will return October 16th, my 13th wedding anniversary, to Hem and Haw over the best picture of 1942. Going way back, friends. In the meantime, check us out at Take on the Academy on Instagram. Find us on Facebook if you're still kicking around there. Send love notes to takeontheacademy at gmail.com. Hell, you could even rate and review us on your Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Google, Facebook, wherever you prefer. And finally, thanks for listening. Really, thank you. If we were trapped in the past, before the introduction of podcasts, we'd probably still do the show and get arrested, but we'd miss you too much. So take a bow and ta-ta for now. Ghostbusters!